0: running we have a it is 10 after the hour i am eric erickson this is atlanta's evening news and as chris was saying radar is just it's gross out there folks so uh, i want to move in to the news of the day we've got to begin with 3d printers if the Yemeni nationals who were smuggled illegally into this country by that Jordanian had had 3D printers on them. Maybe the media would cover that story. I I told you yesterday it was going to happen. The media has largely ignored the story of the Yemeni nationals who were smuggled into this country illegally by a Jordanian living in Mexico. Instead, they are fixated on 3D printers and they don't know a, a thing about what they're talking about. Y'all, I'm not an expert on 3D printers and guns, but I have common sense and I do know experts as well. And let me just give you my common sense before I tell you what the experts say. My common sense is what happens when you pull the trigger on a gun. It generates an explosion. And that explosion inside the shell casing per- causes a projectile at high speed to go through the barrel of a gun. Where the way the gun is shaped, the bullet begins to spin, causing it to be able to go straight. You know, but before the Civil War, when they just had little ball bearings basically that served as bullets, uh, musket shot in these things, and they didn't have a, a a barrel of a gun that would cause it to spin, it just go all over the place. You get this bullet, a projectile inside the barrel of a gun, it begins to spin at very high speed as it moves forward, makes it go very, very straight, but it is an explosion that causes it. There's ignition, there's explosion, there's release. Y'all, there's not a printer, a 3D printer on the market for consumers that can contain the explosion if you were to print one of these guns on a consumer-ready 3D printer and pull the trigger and presume that you would somehow be able to get it to work, the gun would explode and blow off your hand. Not put out your eye or kill you in the process. It, 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 the media hysteria over this is nonsensical. It doesn't align with the facts of what's actually happening. And it's just a blueprint. It's not actually a gun that's be You would think, listening to the news stories out there, that somehow or another people were actually printing guns. Nobody is printing a gun. It's silly to think that's happening, but that's the way the media is covering this. Um, by the way, the phone number here, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Folks, there are commercial 3D printers that could potentially produce... A plastic handgun wherein you could put metal components to help trigger the explosion. Uh, Maybe even make a spring that would have enough tension on it to to do what you need to do to trigger the ignition of the gunpowder to to fire the bullet. But you can't buy that on the market. you got to spend thousands of dollars. I mean, tens of thousands of dollars to get something. Uh, a, of enough quality to be able to make a 3D plastic gun that's not going to explode when you try to fire it. But the media doesn't want to tell you that. They are in hysterical fit over the purchase of 3D guns. They actually believe it. And by the way, they're, they're saying they're showing pictures of the gun. It's basically a revolver that's, that's being sold in one of the blueprints, and they're labeling it an assault rifle. You can fit the whole gun in the palm of your hand. They're labeling it an assault rifle. Yet again, we're seeing the media hysterical. You know, part of the problem here really is the media bubble in that uh, there are 300 million Americans in this country and there are 400 million guns. A majority of Americans don't actually own guns. A plurality of Americans do. Some Americans won't admit to it one way or the other. Uh, But you're talking basically gun ownership. More than a third of Americans own at least one gun. Roughly half of Americans have experience with a gun. And they hear these stories and they can intuitively smell the BS coming from the media stories here. It's one reason gun control advocates have a hard time um, making arguments to control, to restrict, to curtail, to take back guns in this country because most Americans— have some experience with guns or know someone who does, even if only a third of Americans own guns. But you're talking 300 million Americans. You're talking 100 million gun owners, roughly. Most of them vote, by the way, uh, with 400 million guns between them. That's a lot of guns and a lot of people with guns. It's really hard to run these stories in the media, and yet they do because so few members of the press actually own guns or know anyone who owns guns. It's like asking members of the press if they know someone who owns a pickup truck. The pickup truck is the most popular vehicle in America, but most members of the press don't actually know people, of the national press, I should say, don't actually know people who own pickup trucks. And they're horrified when you point this out. They're deeply offended that you're targeting them in some way, but it's true. They don't own guns. They don't know people who own guns. They don't own pickup up trucks they don't know people who own pickup trucks the media is in a bubble and so they report these stories outrageously they get the basic facts wrong and they try to scare people and that's what's happening here now th- my common sense moves into expert territory and that again I- i'm not an expert on 3d guns but i have a good friend of mine who is and even he says look you can make a plastic gun you can make one on a 3d printer and you can make one That's not going to explode when you fire it, but it's also not going to be able to fire at the speed or with the caliber size of a bullet that you could make if you had an industrial size 3d printer. But there's something else he pointed out that I knew it intuitively, but then he said it and you need to understand this. Americans have been making their own guns since before there was a United States. There is an entire self-help industry out there of people who make their own guns. I've actually got a friend in Louisiana he was on that that old show uh, on the Discovery Channel about the what is it red jacket firearms or whatever before the 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 owner was lost in scandal and, and sordidness um, but he this friend of mine who worked for the company now has his own firearms company. He manufactures guns. he builds guns. I got a friend of mine in in Nevada who builds guns. There's an entire industry of this. You don't need a 3D printer. There are people in this country today not only building guns but making their own ammunition. And yet the media, they would be horrified if they knew that. And if they're horrified by that, I dare them to Google how to make a pipe bomb. They'd be horrified, which you can find on Google. Let me take a quick time out to thank this week's sponsor, ExpressVPN. Now, you may not need a VPN. I do for my work, and I've been trying to find a good one that isn't going to break the bank. And it's sometimes very difficult, and it's hard to set up. For those of you who don't know what a VPN is, a virtual private network, uh, it lets you privately and securely use the Internet at fast speeds without being tracked by anyone. Oftentimes, you have companies that require you to have a VPN into their Um, system, and sometimes you need them so you can't be tracked. With all the news coming out about data hacks and breaches, it's hard for me not to be worried about my digital privacy. No matter what you do online, your mobile carrier, internet service providers, they're tracking you. doesn't matter what your cable company is or your phone company, wherever you're getting your internet from, you're probably being tracked. With ExpressVPN, your internet data is encrypted. Your IP address is hidden. ExpressVPN covers less than 7 bucks a month. It's rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar and dozens of expert reviewers. It has easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer, your phone, your tablet. Yes, you can use them on your phone and tablet. If you're on unsecure Wi-Fi and you want to keep hackers and spies from seeing your data, ExpressVPN is for you. Now, to take back your internet privacy today, to find out how you can get three free months, go to expressvpn.com slash Eric. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot slash Eric for three months free with a one-year package. Every day you use the internet without ExpressVPN, you're putting sensitive information at risk. So don't put this off. Protect your online data with ExpressVPN today. Visit ExpressVPN.com slash Eric to learn more. It is 27 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB talk, um, quick personal note to share with you guys. Uh, my wife's scans came back. Good report today. She has her, uh, scans every three months for her lung cancer and no growths, no changes. And that's a good thing for us. Um, this is a particularly stressful week for me. This was the first time I wasn't able to go with her for her scans because I've got this conference uh, I'm leaving tomorrow to Austin. I won't be here the rest of the week for this conference and I had to be home with the kids and her cuz her appointment got moved to very late in the afternoon and I couldn't get back home to be able to pack and go it was just it was a mess. I've been a ball of stress for the last week and still am because of this conference. Your your prayers are appreciated now. Uh, For that, and as we move into the conference this week, I will be checking in with you guys throughout the week at this conference. I know I'll be on with Scott Slate on Friday morning as well to talk to him. Uh, about what's happened on the ground there. We'll have David Perdue is going to be there. Jody Heiss is going to be there. Uh, Secretary of Energy Rick Perry is going to be there. Ted Cruz is going to be there. Uh, And now this Facebook story, I want to talk about this Facebook story tonight, that they have shut down some portals that were being used to stir misinformation uh, tied to Russians. Uh, The senior vice president of Facebook is going to join me on Friday to talk about this stuff. You'll be able to live stream the conference as well on the Resurgence Facebook page. Um, When we come back, though there's an intriguing story out about millennials i actually want to talk to you about this it's fascinating it is 42 after the hour eric erickson here um i you know i i we're harping on radar because the weather is terrible out there. Just really heavy rain now from the Alabama line on I-20 all the way over to Madison, Georgia. You've got a brief respite between Conyers and social circle on i-20 but then it gets really heavy towards madison Uh, inside the perimeter very heavy rain the east side of the perimeter is starting to get some of the heaviest rain in the area right now and then up 75 basically the only area not affected by the rain is south of mcdonough on 75 to macon everywhere else 85 75 north of the city 85 uh, north of the city, I-20 across, 285, 400. You're in heavy, heavy rain, 575 as well. You're starting to thin out a little bit, but you got another heavy wave coming. Uh, and then the worst of it really is north of Ranger, um, up 575, and, and in that area as well, some heavy rain. So just uh, be careful out there. Make sure your headlights are on. It is very heavy. Keep your speed safe on the road as well. And traffic's a mess, so you really can't go that fast anyway. Uh, on thursday last week we had the carathon raised over 1.6 million dollars one of the things that i said was how often i dwell on a piece of scripture uh, from jeremiah uh, to seek the welfare of the city in which you're in exile and there you'll find your welfare I was reminded again of that today, and what I said last week is that so many people are so fixated on Washington D.C. and they think that they're going to solve their problems there. But just take progressives in America right now, who are so livid with President Trump being president, but there is no—I mean, there's no major change in their life. If anything, they have more take-home pay, and yet they're viscerally angry with the president. Look at these these. Uh, millennial hipsters who are attacking the dean of the UGA School of Journalism, who, by the way, deleted his tweet, where he just said politics be damned. Brian Kemp's a good guy. And they're like, yeah, you don't know. You yeah, haven't been oppressed by the man. They haven't been oppressed by the man. They think they've been oppressed by the man. They don't know real oppression. And more and more, there's a study. It's actually from the Bush Institute, the George W. Bush Institute. Um, it, there's a a report there. About how fewer and fewer millennials are moving to places like Washington, New York, and San Francisco, where they had been moving, that now they're actually staying in their hometowns so or they're moving to uh, smaller cities. And they're plunging into volunteerism in those places because they've given up on Washington being able to change anything. They have come to the conclusion, in fact, that they. Will seek the welfare of the city in which they're in exile and there they'll find their welfare. They're realizing that they're not going to make a difference changing Washington where they're going to make a difference is in their local community. They're deploying their political views, whether it's progressivism or conservatism or, or pra- just pragmatism. They're deploying those views in their local community instead of getting worked up about Washington, D.C. And what they're actually finding in these studies of those who have done that is they're actually measurable improvements in local communities around the country from people who have given up on Washington and are pouring themselves out and their sweat equity out into their local community. And this goes full circle to the Carathon last Thursday where it's you guys who are giving money to support a local hospital that fights childhood cancers globally. And it's a reminder, particularly in a time, and I know I've got some liberal listeners, occasionally they call in, often angry with something I've said. But for people who are really embittered by President Trump's existence right now in Washington, he really hasn't changed your life one way or the other. But you have the opportunity to change people's lives in your local community. And it's good to see that this is beginning to dawn on um, not just millennials, but this upcoming generation, whatever they're calling it, uh, this next generation that is much more individualistic than millennials. It's like we've gone full circle. Uh, Millennialists are defined mostly by their need to be in groups to get things done. And the generation after them really despise groups. Uh, They want to individually Do things, uh, which my kids are in that generation. I'm seeing it with them, that their classmates and them, they hate to work in groups. They want to do everything themselves uh, and not have to depend on a group. Unlike millennials, it's fascinating to watch. But what they're all realizing is that uh, their sweat equity should be in their local community that they need to stop worrying about Washington, D.C., and if anything else, that is probably the best thing to come from the Trump administration, that people are realizing that they need to focus on their local communities and not rely on Washington for everything, and good for the president for, in some cases, inciting fear, focusing people on their local communities, in other cases, freeing up people to stop worrying about Washington because they think he's got it and they're going to focus on their local community. Focus on your local community. Seek the welfare of your city, and there you will find your welfare. I think that's worth all of us focusing on. I think that's worth all of us realizing ourselves when we get so bent out of shape about what's happening in Washington. There, my friends, that's where you'll find your welfare, your city, so focus on volunteerism here. Uh, y'all I'm I'm sorry I, I can't read you the email because it's completely unhinged, but a listener has emailed me uh, just unglued in a string of profanities about me just mentioning googling how to make a pipe bomb. Uh, th- this person apparently lives in just fear. Uh, desperate fear of 3D printed guns. Um, we actually had someone on hold earlier. They they fell off in commercial break. I was planning on coming to him out of the break who has made a 3D printed gun and wanted to talk about it. Um, and uh, there are several people I know who apparently have, um, but they're not that great. Uh, Nonetheless, oh well, Uh, this poor person. Now, when we come back, let's shift gears. Uh, The trade deficits and Koch brothers. Uh, I, I want to explain to you how a trade deficit works because the media doesn't seem to understand how a trade deficit works, and we might as well clear the air on this. It is nine after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News, the second hour, and yeah, I'm totally with Chris. There's just no point. If you're listening to me, it's raining, more likely than not. And if it's not, it's about to. Uh, Really strong stuff right now passing through Gadsden, Alabama, uh, and it is headed into Georgia. Really strong stuff. Uh, the heaviest rain in our area right now is between Tucker and Lawrenceville, but it's it's heavy all over the place till you get south of McDonough. Um you're probably it's probably raining where you are. The phone number here 404-872-0750 1800 WSB talk. I, I let's talk about trade and trade deficits cuz there's so much misinformation out there about it. Um and I at least want to explain to you from my vantage point why I think it's a bad public policy to impose tariffs. It begins like this. Uh, let's say you live out in a, a more rural area. Well, you, you live in northern Cherokee County where you've, a lot of people have fled to that area. They commute down into the city and you get out there in, in some parts and you got you to gotta drive 15, 20 minutes to get to a grocery store. To find a Kroger or Publix, you, you got to drive 15, 20 minutes. There's no Whole Foods at all. Uh, Kroger, Publix, but it's a drive. So on the weekends, you and your neighbors, you make your grocery lists, and you drive a good 20 minutes to get to the grocery store. You stock up, turn around, and go home. Like when I was growing up in rural Louisiana, we would on Saturdays my mom in particular would have to drive to Zachary Louisiana which was a good 20 30 minutes away to go to Winn Dixie to grocery. there were there was no real grocery store where we lived uh, you could get milk and bread and stuff but but not major things and you had to drive so you have a trade deficit with the Kroger or the Publix that you're driving to you are driving 15 20 minutes Every Saturday, sometimes you forgot the milk, You, you drank, your kids drank it too much, you spilled it, you got to go back. So you're driving 15, 20 minutes to go to the grocery store to pay them money. You've got a trade deficit with your local Kroger. And over time, more people move into your area because the cost of living is cheap, land is cheap, new neighborhoods are building. And so that Kroger sees that I got all these people coming from the zip code to this Kroger. We're going to build a Kroger there. Kroger is going to use its surplus, its trade surplus with you, to build a Kroger in your neighborhood now, and you no longer have to drive to that Kroger, and people in your community are going to get jobs. Your kids are going to be able to be bag boys at Kroger in your neighborhood now because of the result of your trade deficit and your neighbor's trade deficit with that Kroger. In the same way Americans have a trade deficit with Germany, because we buy bosch dishwashers and appliances from germany and we buy bmws and mercedes i don't but a lot of you do and so there's a trade deficit with germany and as a result of so many americans buying so many german cars porsche mercedes bmw they've bought they've built american manufacturing facilities in, particularly in the South. You've got BMW in in South Carolina. You've got Porsche here in Atlanta. You've got Mercedes over in Alabama. The, the trade surplus that Germany has with us has been converted into building manufacturing plants in the United States where Americans are working. The first thing you need to understand about these things is that the It is wrong, really, to talk about it as a trade surplus and trade deficit because it makes it sound like the government is involved. Trade deficits and trade surpluses are created because of individuals and companies trading with each other. American individuals buying cars from Germany created the trade deficit. The United States did not create the trade deficit. It's not like a, a budget. It is not a you've spent too much or you've brought in so much income and there's a deficit, a debt or a, or a surplus. That's not what it is. Economists use that language, but it's misrepresentative because it's not really about that. A, a, you don't, you're not rich because of a trade surplus. Germany is not as rich as the United States, even though they have a trade surplus. We are not poorer than China because we have a trade deficit with China. That's the way a, a trade surplus works. It, it's not a government policy. It is, or it's not a government system. It is individuals choosing where to put their money. You as an individual bought an iPhone from Apple, an American company that manufactured it in China. You've given China money. But American farmers have had trade surpluses with China because Chinese buy so many crops from the United States. So while we overall have a deficit with China, American farmers have actually been in trade surplus with China until now. So now here's here comes the problem, and this is a real problem. The president has imposed tariffs on these countries. And because he's imposed tariffs on these countries, what he's actually doing is he's imposed tariffs on Americans who are buying goods the cost to an American consumer to direct their spending to a product made in China has gone up. Now, it's true that uh, the Chinese have responded by putting tariffs on American goods. American farmers now have been in surplus and they're falling into deficit. Uh, American farmers exported more to China China imported more American crops than exported back to us. American farmers were were going gangbusters with China, which is now why the president has to put in a a $12 billion plan. This is, I mentioned it before, this is a joke circulating in Washington, D.C. right now, Uh, and it is circulating all over D.C. I've now heard it from several different people, all of whom thought they were the first one to tell me, Uh, and I'd already mentioned it on the radio before that I heard it from them. Uh, What do Stormy Daniels and American farmers have in common? Uh, They both got screwed by the president and were paid to shut up about it. I mean, the, the Farmers are getting $12 billion from the American government now to not complain about suddenly falling into deficit with uh, China for the first time in a decade. And China, the problem here for us and why these tariffs are a bad idea, and by the way, economists on the left and right, it, it is uniformly agreed that these tariffs are bad and don't call in and complain, I get this all the time, you're wrong, actually, you're wrong. Our trade has already factored into these issues, and there's a big difference even with that. China is a communist nation with a command and control economy, and the Chinese are perfectly willing to hurt their consumers to spite the United States, and there's nothing they can do about it because the Chinese people can't vote out of office the Chinese government. And China knows that we are a capitalist system with a mostly free market, not completely. And we have elections coming up and the American people can respond if they're made painful. And China is working to make things painful here. Consider this. The economy has grown this past quarter at 4.1%. American costs to consumers have grown at 3.7%. That's higher than the rate of inflation. The cost of goods... In the United States has gone up more than 3%, higher than the standard cost of goods, uh, standard inflation costs on things you normally buy at the grocery store. That means, they put this in practical terms for you, that you can understand, all of that money you got from the tax cuts earlier this year, you are now spending all of that money plus more to go out and buy things, including beer, because the cost of aluminum has gone up. The price of beer has gone up. The cost of electronics in the United States has gone up. The cost of cars in the United States has gone up. The cost of washing machines has gone up. Uh, Whirlpool was very excited about the president's tariffs being put in place until China responded. And now Whirlpool is, is flagging for analysts that it's not going to meet its expectations because the cost of uh, appliances has gone up. The president misunderstood what a trade deficit was. He thought, well, you know, deficits are bad. Uh, deficits are bad and we need surpluses. Surpluses mean we're, we're getting more than we're giving, but that's not the way it works with a trade deficit. It is, it's a misnomer. A, a trade deficit has nothing to do with a ledger sheet. A trade deficit does not mean that we're losing money. A trade deficit means that individual American consumers and companies are buying things from China more than Chinese individuals and companies are buying things from us. And of course, we're buying more from them than they are from us because, again, they're a command and control economy. And all the tariffs are doing is it's causing American consumers and businesses to spend more money to buy those things that are still even with the tariffs cheaper to get from China, but are now more expensive than they were. That's why the tariffs are a bad policy. We can't beat China at this. I realize some of you, and we got a couple people on hold who want to say, but we got concessions. We got concessions. We got concessions. From Europe, we did. But can you name the concessions? Because they were very vague and nebulous. Both sides claim victory, but no one can actually tell you what the specific concessions were from Europe. Because we really didn't get any because nothing's really changed. It was all a face-saving measure. China is not interested in face-saving. China is interested in wrecking our economy. They've got a command-control economy. They can hold their people hostage in a way that the American government cannot hold American citizens hostage. And guess what China's now doing? China is now paying subsidies to farmers, not Chinese farmers. Brazilian farmers, Indian farmers, Argentinian farmers. Yes, China is paying subsidies to them and those farmers are now exporting more to China than American farmers are because of the tariffs it's not economically good even left-wing economists reject tariffs the only person who apparently thinks they're good is peter navarro whispering in the president's ear folks I, listen i could spend more time i just looked at the clock um i got to go to commercial break but tariffs i mean he's picked the most liberal economist you can think of picked the writers in the new york times whatever Even they agree tariffs are a terrible idea, and the president needs to stop them before they wreck our economy. Let me take a quick time out to thank this week's sponsor, ExpressVPN. Now, you may not need a VPN. I do for my work, and I've been trying to find a good one that isn't going to break the bank. And it's sometimes very difficult, and it's hard to set up. For those of you who don't know what a VPN is, a virtual private network, uh, it lets you privately and securely use the Internet at fast speeds without being tracked by anyone. Oftentimes, you have companies that require you to have a VPN into their... Um, system, and sometimes you need them so you can't be tracked. With all the news coming out about data hacks and breaches, it's hard for me not to be worried about my digital privacy. No matter what you do online, your mobile carrier, internet service providers, they're tracking you. Doesn't matter what your cable company is or your phone company, wherever you're getting your internet from, you're probably being tracked. With ExpressVPN, your internet data is encrypted. Your IP address is hidden. ExpressVPN covers less than 7 bucks a month, It's rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar and dozens of expert reviewers. It has easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer, your phone, your tablet. Yes, you can use them on your phone and tablet. If you're on unsecure Wi-Fi and you want to keep hackers and spies from seeing your data, ExpressVPN is for you. Now, to take back your Internet privacy today, to find out how you can get three free months, go to expressvpn.com Eric. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash Eric for three months free with a one-year package. Every day you use the internet without ExpressVPN, you're putting sensitive information at risk. So don't put this off. Protect your online data with ExpressVPN today. Visit expressvpn.com slash Eric to learn more. It is 27 after the hour. Uh, Back to the phones we go. Uh, 404-872-0750-1800. Uh, WSB Talk. Um, Bud in Kennesaw, welcome. Hey, Eric, how you doing this evening? Good, are you? A couple Couple quick comments. uh, First of all, about the farmers. Didn't they get rid of the death tax recently? No, well, they, they expanded it, but they didn't completely scuttle it. So won't that help farmers? Because it surely wasn't helping them when they someone dies after being on the farm for 80 years and then they have to give half of it to the government and close the farm down so bro aren't we going to have more farms we probably should Well, it it, it, it depends on how you look at it, because there were a number of studies, including by Cato, the the free market group that favors getting rid of the death tax, and they noted in one of their studies from last year on this that most American farms that would be subject to the death tax are actually farms that are owned by corporations, not farms owned by individual American families. Well, I think the death tax is ridiculous. I mean, that's just me. Um, The other thing is, I'd like you to get, if you get a chance, to kind of get in depth as to how China's been raping us for the last several decades as far as what they impose on us, on our goods that we send over there. I'm I'm glad the president is stepping up. I'm not having the issues that you're talking about. You know, when you were talking well, about you it, I'm glad you I, mentioned I that because I didn't have time in the last segment and, and I got about 20 seconds here. So hang around because I, I want to talk about that. The, the tariffs that China imposes on the United States, it's one of the president's um, initial reasons for wanting to impose tariffs is because China is already imposing tariffs on us. So what about that? It is forty after the hour. Welcome back. The phone number four oh four eight seven two zero seven five zero one eight hundred WSB Talks. So let's deal with the issue from our last caller on what about tariffs that are already there? Well, there are actually tariffs out there. We we have tariffs already. Uh, so much of this conversation has been dumbed down to the presumption that there were no tariffs and now there are. Or from Trump supporters that, well, all these countries have excessive punitive tariffs and we're just responding. And and neither is really true. Uh, you can actually go to the World Trade Organization. They produce a report every year called World Trade Tariffs. And they show the countries that have tariffs and don't have tariffs and what those tariffs are and and let me give you a general overview of how it works we enter into trading agreements with other countries and those countries set a, a a table of tariffs and the way it works is that every country's table of tariffs applies equally so if you've got tariffs From let's say you're hypothetically, let's say you're China and you enter into the World Trade Organization and you agree to give countries most favored nation status for trading, then you produce a table of tariffs and say, these are the tariffs we're going to give, we're going to apply to every single other country. The thing that China cannot do is single out the United States. They can't say every country on this list is going to be charged... 5%, but we're going to charge the United States 10%. The only time they're allowed to do that is if the United States escalates first, which we've done. Now, it is true the United States charges a lower tariff rate than other countries and has for a number of years charged lower tariff rates than other countries. And you can say, well, this is is why the president's responding. And that is the president's argument. He's essentially wanting to renegotiate deals. But why have we charged lower tariffs than these other countries? We've charged lower tariffs than these other countries because we have in certain sectors of our economy found that it is good for us to keep our tariffs low. For example agricultural commodities except sugar the majority of our farm there's actually a great thing i I tweeted out earlier today uh shows you uh land use in this country and we actually have more land use in this country for farms that grow corn for ethanol than we have that grow corn for consumption we export some of that corn to other countries And those countries actually use it for feedstock when we don't put it into the the ethanol supply. And we have found, as a nation, that we trade more when we keep our tariffs low on these farm prices. Even though China may charge us more, it benefits us to not have high tariffs in these trade agreements with other countries. The president unilaterally going out and changing the tariff rate without Congress being involved, by the way, allows China now to get us off of the schedule. Essentially, China treats every single nation that trades with China the same. We are considered most favored nation under the WTO when it comes to trading in China. We, Germany, Great Britain, France, most European countries for that matter, all get charged the same tariff rate when we import into China. These European countries in China all get charged the same tariff rate when we come to this country. What the president's gone back and done is say, okay, for European countries, we're now going to charge you guys X, and China, we're going to charge you X why and when it comes to steel and aluminum we're going to charge you even more throwing off the agreements we've entered into through the world trade organization and now they're allowed to punitively add extra tariffs to us and who is paying the tariffs the united states isn't paying the tariffs it's american consumers who are paying the tariffs all these others have been baked in for years you may not like that china charges a higher tariff than us but it's been baked in there for 20 30 years folks And now they're escalating, they're using this to escalate, and they're punishing just the United States, putting the United States' imports into China at a competitive disadvantage to every other nation on the planet. And that's a real problem, particularly because of our farmers exporting so much to China. Now, interestingly enough, you know what China charges the most tariffs on? And it's not just to us, it's to every other country in the world that China trades with. You know what they charge the most on? motorcycles. And after motorcycles, you know the number two most highly tariffed commodity or good sold in China? Suits. Suits. The Chinese have a huge tailoring clothing industry in China. They want to protect it and they charge tariffs. The thing you need to understand though, when you're saying this is so unfair and the president's doing a good job and, and he needs to fight this and da 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 is that These Chinese tariffs on suits, we don't actually trade a ton of suits in China already. The things where we have, where we've been trading the most with China, are in areas where China doesn't charge high tariffs. And now China is charging high tariffs on there. If the president wants to upend The global trading order, okay, that's fine, but there are organizations out there that could help him do this and help him renegotiate these things. He's decided he can get a better deal on his own, and I know most of the president's supporters trust him to do this. I'm getting several emails from people uh, who say this, but there's ultimately a problem with that, and that is that China doesn't care about the president of the United States. China cares about growing its own economic ground. And China knows that it can raise prices on its consumers and they can't do anything about it. And China knows that they can raise prices now on American consumers and American consumers can vote and turn against the president. China doesn't care about the American tariffs because they want to hurt the United States. They will pay the price, make their people pay the price, because while their people are paying the price, Americans are as well and their people don't have a vote, and Americans do, and China can turn this into an economic weapon against the United States by turning our democracy upside down, by making people's pocketbooks hurt. Europe, on the other hand, they're a democracy. There's a reason Europe was willing to cut a deal, because they know their consumers hurt too. China doesn't care about their own people. Welcome back. Uh, let's see. Oh my goodness, Vince has been waiting for almost an hour and coming. Vince, thanks for being patient. Welcome. Yeah. Hey, Eric. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm all right. Thanks. I just had, I was wondering if you had an opinion about what was going on in Portland, where the uh, the protesters were stopping the uh, um, people from ice from getting in their offices, and then the ice uh, people called the police and the police refused to help. And it just seems to me that in a you know in a federal system the the federal government does one thing and the local does another, and that's police. And I was curious kind of what you thought about what happens when the when the local police choose not to act as police and uh, it leaves, you know, federal workers uh, in a pinch. Yeah, uh, so... I th- there is well-settled case law that local government authorities cannot be co-opted by the federal government. And, th- in fact, this was one of the key points in the Obamacare case as to why they couldn't punish states for not expanding no Obamacare. So I like that in the federalist system. And I like that the federal yeah. government doesn't have police, uh, but they may have to send to the FBI or something uh, and and require – the. I mean, the federal government's going to have to get involved. I, I don't mind – cities saying we're going to be a sanctuary city. We're not going to turn over legal aliens. What I mind, though, uh, because I, I support federalism, what I do mind is that those cities still want federal benefits. I, I think if they want to be a sanctuary city, uh, then the government needs to say, you know what, that's fine. We can't stop you from being a sanctuary city. We can't stop your local law enforcement from refusing to enforce federal law. That That's sound principle. But I think the federal government also needs to say, we're not going to give you any money. We're we're just we're not going to subsidize you. We're not going to fund you. We're not going to fund education in your city. We're not going to fund roads in your city. We're not going to do any of this. If the city doesn't want to comply with federal law, then there's no reason for the federal government to give the city benefits uh, of being part of the United States. In my mind, I'm totally OK with him doing that. Uh, I, I think as a someone who supports federalism, we've got to be willing to say, you know what, California, you go do your own thing and we're OK with it. We're not going to force you to do something. But we're also not going to subsidize you doing that. And I'm totally willing to do that. Folks, appreciate your prayers this week as I'm in Austin for the Red State Resurgent Gathering. And I will see you all on Monday.